You know, delivering excellence is more than just 18 wheels moving products around the country. Trucking is complex, and its people are passionate. Accommodating a diverse driving workforce, ever-changing regulations, supply chain demands, and new technologies all present their own challenges, but in trucking, the creative and the innovative succeed. Let's understand the people that drive and support the trucking industry, and welcome to Garner Trucking's Beyond the Cab. Hello and welcome to another edition of Beyond the Cab. I am absolutely honored and amazed. This is a a landmark day for me because we've got a guest that is actually coming from the Great White North. Um, Her name is Jane Jazrawi. She is Mm co-founder. You got it. I did. I did it it in the first shot. Isn't that amazing? It's it's funny because as you look at the spelling of of Jane's name, it, 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 it... I think your brain makes it harder than it needs to be. <laughs> I yeah. Think, I think that's what it boils there's down to. There's a Z, there's a W, there's a Y. Like, yeah, it's all the end of the alphabet. Goes, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jane is, is co-founder of Carrier's Edge in Newmarket, Ontario. And if you're not familiar with that name, most in trucking will be familiar with one of their programs called The Best Fleets to Drive For. And uh, uh, Jane, I'm so thankful that you're here and, and spending some time with me today. I've got tons of questions for you, and I really want to um, kind of get inside the, the Best Fleets program. But first and foremost, I, w- I want to understand Carrier's Edge. And um, that's the, that, that particular business started in 2005, correct? Uh, I, well, yeah, Carrier's Edge did. We have uh, my partner, Mark Morell, and I actually started – the company, the real company, there's a real company, um, in 2000 and, 2000 and 2000, and it's actually called Cranial Expansion Learning Solutions, if wow. you can believe that. Okay. That is the name of our company. Carrier's Edge was kind of the, in 2005, we decided to, um, well, let me go back a little bit. Cranial Expansion was a... Um, consulting company. So we did e-learning consulting. So we would create courses for anybody who would give us money, basically. Okay. So you would, we would sell our services to banks and insurance, a lot of white-collar um, companies, and they would tell us what courses they wanted, and we would build them. And this was something that we had done through PricewaterhouseCoopers beforehand. Like, so we had been building e-learning at, the, at different companies for a while. And then what we did in 2000, around 2005, we decided that we didn't want to do it for white collar anymore because there were so many different companies doing the same thing and we are not, we don't like doing the same thing that everybody else is doing. What we decided to do was look around for some kind of industry that needed e-learning and wasn't going to get it. So in 2005, um, trucking was definitely in need of some online learning, but they definitely didn't have it. We were also looking at the tourism industry and the uh, early learning, uh, early childhood education industry, where they it might they may not have the money to do custom stuff, but we would do kind of more generic titles, and we eventually landed on trucking and the first one the the first course that we did was actually a canadian course there's an american version it's the canadian version of hazmat 
So in Canada, it's called transportation of dangerous goods. And it's pretty much the same as HAZMAT. It's just we have slightly different rules. So that was our first course that we did. And I think it was, we finished it in 2006. And that was kind of where it started. Okay. Awesome. I, I think that uh, um, it's really interesting in the first place that you zeroed in on trucking, and especially when you're talking about 2005, and I'm trying to think about the uh, technology and our capabilities at that time for that online learning piece. Um, from from then to, to, to where we are now, you know, I, I think trucking's finally caught up in terms of in terms of tech and really found the value in it. But uh, it's kind of, it is kind in of an interesting. Two thousand and five, it was a lot. It was <laughs> so the we did it because we knew someone in trucking who said, you know what, truck, you know, people in trucking companies in trucking could really use this. So you should do it for trucking, and we're like, okay, <laughs> okay, fine. well, let's get started. Well, sure. I, I, and that's I, like that's how entrepreneurs kind of do it. It's like, okay, we'll do that. Well, I think there's a real passion. It certainly comes from both you and Mark when it comes to the trucking industry, and really kind of feeds us into that best fleets program. Um, I have a start date of that for 2008, correct? Right. So. Uh, so we started in trucking, and like the first thing that we had to get over, the first hurdle that we had to get over is drivers can't use computers. So I cannot tell you how many times that we heard that. <laughs> and so we didn't believe that because you know it, we weren't we weren't creating a very difficult product, so we didn't we did some stuff around that. But what we between 2005 and 2008, what was happening is I was, because I was the person writing most of the courses, and also not not being in public because I was really worried about being a woman in trucking and writing courses that I don't have necessarily the subject matter expertise for. So my job before trucking was to do just that, was to take get as much information as possible about a topic and write about it and create a course for it. Whether I knew anything about it or not, I did this for years. And so when I did it for trucking, I knew how to do it and I was doing it. But we were really worried about that whole idea of, one, I'm a woman, two, I'm writing about, I'm not a driver. So how can I be doing this? And if you know anything about this particular industry, you don't actually have to know about it. What you have to be able to do is research. And what I was doing, I was reading everything that I could get my hands on in that time. I I still do, but I was reading, like, all the industry magazines. I was reading regulations. I was reading all kinds of stuff. And what I really came away with was that everybody was really unhappy. Like, I know they are now, but... They were pretty unhappy in in that time frame, too. And all the drivers were saying there were no good carriers, and all the carriers were saying there are no good drivers. So everybody is really annoyed with each other. (laughs) Everybody's unhappy. Yeah, everybody's unhappy, and everybody's saying there's just no solutions. There's just no good drivers. We can't do anything. It's like a horrible fail. And so I was also reading Fortune, because I read a lot, obviously, as you might be able to guess. I read way too much. And so I'm reading this Fortune magazine, and this, or, was it Fortune? Yeah, it was, because they were talking about the 100 best companies to work for. 
So I'm reading this because there's a subscription line around my house, so I picked it up and I'm reading it, and I'm looking through it, and I'm going, hey, wait a minute, there's no trucking companies on this Best 100. And I started looking into it and realized there are no trucking companies on any, like, there is no trucking companies on any list. There is no best company list that, you know, I think yellow, well, it's not yellow anymore, but back in the day it was called yellow. Yeah, that would, that, uh, not, that that, would track. Yeah, YRC is now. Yep. And they were on one, like, had been five years, like maybe 2000 they'd been on one. So I went into Mark's office and said that there should be one. But, you know, why aren't they on, like, why aren't any trucking companies on any list? Like, this doesn't make sense. If they want, they want good people, then they should get on a list. And there was a lot more ranting about that. Like, I tend to have these ideas and go on and on and on about it. And so that was how it was born. We just kind of, it was, it was, we wanted to use education to help companies be better. And we knew that companies, if they just look at what they're doing, if they just have this sort of self-awareness and sort of look at what other people are doing as well, then you can get better because that's what the rest of the world is doing. So I thought it would be really, we, we kind of thought that it would be good for trucking to do it as well. And it's kind of worked out that way. I think, I think it's very effective and interesting that that was kind of the goal because it's the first, um, after a few years of participating in the program, it's kind of one of the first epiphanies that I had about kind of our approach to the whole program and, and more importantly, um, park, park the program for a second. More importantly, um, what we're doing as an organization and what we're able to um, contribute to, you know, better, better life and better conditions for our drivers. And that's the thing that stood out to me is that year after year, okay, we're, we're frankly, we're chasing ourselves here. We're trying to improve ourselves, the, the total business and the total atmosphere of, of how we do business. And um, as you go through that program, I think it's very effective and, and you certainly hit the mark with that. So because of the fact that we, we started this process in 2008 and here we are in 2022 and we're getting ready at the end of the month here to, to see you again in Las Vegas and always excited to find mm-hmm. out who's going to be the top dogs. What for you guys um, keeps this interesting what, you know, in the contest? What, what keeps it interesting for you guys after this long a time? Okay, two things. And so one of them is the in- – one of the interesting things is anytime we see something new, some, somebody's done something completely different. We, we usually really like that. And that's kind of, you know, that's like the CCJ innovators and, and that there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of programs that say, Hey, oh, you're doing something cool. And, and they'll get an award or they'll, you know, they get, recognized and best fleets is no different we do the same thing but what i honestly really find interesting is what people don't do Hmm. and there are huge gaps that we see every year i think um a couple of years ago uh, it was cybersecurity. you know that we we started looking at you know our companies there's all these all these hacks happening, all of these you know, ransomware, and how many companies are actually doing something? And so many weren't. So we uh, 
you know, I found that fascinating. Like, why aren't you? Like, that's a huge problem. Right. <laughs> why aren't you doing anything? Um, and they're not you specifically, Garner. Like, I'm just talking about the general you. Or things about um, trying to bring more women into the industry. So we ask Every, we've asked for years about you know how many how many women are how many women drivers do you have, and how do you try and bring people into the industry, or how to bring women or other types of diversity into the industry, and I always find it fascinating how many people say nothing, basically nothing, and sometimes they couch it in they say we don't have to, uh, or that it's wrong it's wrong to even think that. You, you can't you can't bring diversity into you can't talk about diversity that way because for some reason it it it's like you you I don't know it's like you're you're trying to single people out or you're trying to do affirmative action or whatever but I don't see it that way I see it as you have tradition people who are traditionally in the industry and people who are not. So what we're trying to ask is, okay, so you are running out of the traditional people, so what are you going to do? <laughs> and how are you going to attract right. people? Right. And when you just refuse to even think about it, that's a problem, because you're not going to solve the problem that you have by saying, it's not a problem, we accept everybody. Sure, I, I bet you accept everybody, but are you attracting people? Like, How are you doing that? Because that's a totally different thing. It's a um, that's a uh, another really interesting point too. Um, several years back, there was a gentleman that uh, titles himself as a demographer, and I've seen this gentleman speak a couple of times. But I was at an industry event many years ago, and uh, the first thing he did is walk out on stage, and his first words were, "Looking at the crowd, I can tell you that as an industry, you guys are in trouble." You know, because it, it's basically a bunch of, you know, older white males um, that, that was in this audience. And, and thankfully, we're starting to see that that change over the years. And um, but I think it lends to your point. Um, we as an industry have to change our, our wiring and how we look at things, because if you don't attract those individuals, the same thing as just simply attracting a driver. You know, if they, it, it, people don't know that this is an industry that has an entire career path. People, um, for the most part, if they're um, looking at driving truck, they're stumbling into the industry because of some other industry that's failed them or something that's gone awry in their lives. And, um, oh, yeah. that's, you know, and I, I will tell you very honestly at 25 years of age, that's what happened with me. It's like, okay, I've got a family of, um, family of four and, um, we're struggling and I've got to do something that's going to financially benefit my family. And thankfully trucking was a, a great option. I'm so happy, you know, 25 years later that I, that I made that choice, but, um, you know, I, 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 there's a, there's a whole slew of opportunity out there, and if we don't appeal to all of those different people, whether it's male, female, um, it's it's this is an industry that is not gender specific or race specific. Anyone can play this game, right? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I totally agree with you. My my biggest concern, and this is one of these short-term, long-term problems. In the short term, you kind of want to get anybody you can. In the long term, you have to have a better strategy. And this is what I see with this 
successful best fleets is that they don't just try and get on the list. They are looking at longer-term strategies. So if you are thinking, okay, I have no women drivers. I have one woman in my office that, you know, basically does books and gets coffee. That's a big problem. There's two problems. One, why would another woman, like, why would a woman want to drive for you? And two, where are the women in the the office who could be a support or even give you any idea of how to attract another woman? Or if, if you're, if everybody is white, how do you think about attracting someone who's not? Because people go to to where they see themselves. So you see uh, women are going to go to women-oriented industries. And you said that you were struggling and then you ended up going into the trucking industry. Well, when I was struggling when I was younger, I didn't have any kids, but I became a receptionist. So there you go. Like you did the man thing and I did the woman thing. And that's what you do. So you have to try and figure out how are we going to change how are we going to change the outlook? It's right. it's, it's difficult. It well and it is. You're talking about years and years of of, of this is the way we've always done it, which is uh yep. you know, mine and and certainly our, our owner's least favorite saying ever. <laughs> you know. Um what would you say that uh, the Best Fleets program, what's the ultimate goal? What, what do you see as kind of the pinnacle uh, of sex, success for that program? For our program or for people in the program? Um, I want us to just say yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was good. Um, so for the program, it's – and just – and you probably know this, but for anybody listening, we do not, this is not a profit center for us. We are not doing it because we are trying to sell something to you. Uh, we do have something to sell, but we generally don't talk about it at the same time as we talk about best fleets. Uh, that's like a separate conversation all the, all the time. I'll validate what that, just- Jane. I'll validate that. You and I have never had, we've had many conversations and many conversations with Mark as well, and never once have we we talked about um, best fleets and, and uh, the offerings of Carrier's Edge in the same conversation. Oh, good. Yeah, and you're not a customer, so it's 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 fine. It doesn't matter. Um, it's you don't need to be a TCA member. You do, you just need to want to see how you're doing. Like, and it's a process. It's it's not um it's not a prize. Well, it is a prize. There is a prize involved, but the process of getting through that whole, you know, the evaluation part of it is is really the value of the entire program. And what I would like to see for the program is more trucking companies participating. And what I would really like to do is eventually have something where you can use it as an evaluation tool without, without worrying about getting an award. Or to be something where you can use it as a kind of way to make your company better. It's your measuring stick. Mm-hmm. Like a measuring stick, but also like a plan for how to improve on different things. Yeah. We have a lot of information about how people have improved, so we know we know what the where the wins are, and we try to talk about it as much as we can. Sure. 
What uh, so you know we talked a little bit about you know the diversity in the industry, and I don't want to make any assumptions, but w- if there was one thing to change in the trucking industry for you, what would what would that be, or what would you like to see? <laughs> you think I'm going to say more women, right? <laughs> I, I have no idea. <laughs> I would not be that presumptuous. I, <laughs> oh well, if anybody is is aware of me at all you know that I do tend to talk about it quite a bit. It's because I'm a short woman that has had issues with fitting in to male-dominated workplaces, which is what I have done my entire career, is that I have gone into male-dominated workplaces, and sometimes I completely fail, sometimes I do well, but generally I, I kind of do my own thing a lot of the time, and... So it's better if I work for myself. <laughs> I'm not a, I'm not someone who does well with a boss. I, I have a lot of very that. strange ideas, and um, and people who are trying to run a company um, are like, you know, yes, you have lots of ideas, but let's not go there. So anyway, what I would like to see in the trucking industry is. And it's a weird kind of thing is I would like a little bit more looking into the future without worrying about um, freight. The way that people look into the future or the way that company owners look into the future, it often is about freight and about how much how much money can be made in a certain lane or whatever or what your operating ratio is all that all that money stuff i would like for the industry to start looking at the future in regards to other things so i don't know what that is but i know cybersecurity is a good one what's going to happen in 5 years with cybersecurity like what is the state like right now so many companies are getting hit with ransomware what's going to happen in 5 years What's going to happen in 10 years? What about uh, bringing in diversity to the industry? What's going to be look, what's it going to look like in 10 years? How can we maximize what trucking is going to be in 10 years? Everybody is always talking about autonomous vehicles. Okay, so if we have autonomous vehicles, what does that look like? And people are always really worried about it, but they're not really embracing it as a as a thought process, like, Picture yourself in 10 years and there's autonomous vehicles. Then what? And it's an exciting thing. It's not a tragic thing. Right. Well, and I, 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 agree, I agree with that today just from the sake of, uh, of safety in, in the equipment that's out on the road. If, you, you know, if you're buying a newer piece of equipment, there's so much tech in there that is, I guess, quote, unquote, automated. Um, that helps a driver, assists a driver. You know, at the end of the day, we're all human, and we still have room for error. And so that that, oh, yeah. that automation, to me, I agree with you. I, I embrace that because I think it's it steps forward towards um, a safer uh, environment for the motoring public, and and it's safe environment for our driver, and then ultimately for their families that they're trying to get home to each and every week. So, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I, I think the automation piece is a really cool thing that's going on in our industry. Um, I have to, de- you know, I would debate, you know, the the 
the full autonomy and how far along or how far away that is, I, I think that's maybe a question that I'm not smart enough to answer. But um, <laughs> I, I see the value, definitely see the value, and I agree with you. The diversity is another trick altogether, um, and maybe trick's the wrong word, but um, especially when you start talking about uh, a company like a, like a Garner, and I, I, I draw from our own examples just because of where we are. Um, we're pretty much in rural Ohio, um, so you know a, a lot of folks look, look and act the same and, and, and think the same way. And um, we, the fortune for us is that we're able to hire out of communities that we are passing through, that we're driving through, that we have frequency, so that we can we can we can reach that Toledo market, that Detroit market, that that um, Cleveland market, and 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 find some diversity through that. And I think it's really benefited us over the years. But um, for for a trucking company that this kind of pigeonholed. Uh, in a specific area with a, a specific dynamic or geographic um, uh, uh, location that that limits their ability to be able to hire diversity, uh, it's got to be challenging. It has to be. Yeah, everybody is always talking about the challenge of diversity, especially, but they're also only thinking about that in terms of um, race or color. And, you know, everybody is the same, but they're actually not. There's a lot of diversity, <clears throat> excuse me, there's a lot of diversity outside of um, what you look like. There's a lot of, you know, uh, there's a lot of varying disabilities. So you may have, uh, you may be hearing impaired, but you can still drive. But that is not going to be, you know, you're not going to be finding people who are hearing impaired necessarily through the same channels you use to get everybody else. Maybe you need to go to partner with some of your, um, some of the government organizations or chambers of commerce, that kind of thing, and find some ways to get to that population. Or people who are on the autism spectrum who make amazing drivers if they want to be and that is a that is a group of people who may be in you know maybe in your community but you don't know about it and when you partner with organizations who help those people get a job then you know you open yourself up it's just i always call it failure of imagination you know problems can be solved with imagination and if you choose to just not solve it because it's too hard that's a failure of imagination you know imagine what it would be like if you had all of these different kinds of people and then the steps to get there actually kind of present themselves well, See, this is why i don't do well with bosses i'm, <laughs> I'm weird this way well no but i i think I, it, it proves a point um you know and i i think uh, uh a great set of examples in that uh, just I can speak again culturally for for Garner um, several years ago uh, we we had hired our first uh, hearing impaired driver did an outstanding job for us it attracted a second um, mm -hmm. and and through that process then we learned to be better communicators um, so you know as we get as we get video out um, of events or things that we have going on or educational pieces or things like our simple little podcast here all that stuff gets closed captioned so that they can they can participate with that and we wouldn't have done that if there wasn't the need 
And um, so I think, yeah, it, it helps you grow as an organization and take a look at things differently. And then certainly it, the outreach of that um, lends to itself to, to, to find other opportunities to bring more individuals in that, that, that may be hearing impaired or, you know, some of the examples you were giving, I think, are spot on. I appreciate that thought process quite a bit. There's one thing that I wanted to say about when well, you're talking about technology, and this is something that I think is really important for carriers to realize is that you can't dump technology on people. And this is kind of what the industry has been doing. And this is why I say, you know, have a longer term vision. If you want to have, I don't know, talk about ELDs. So ELDs are kind of, they're all done now. Everybody has them. But for a long, for a number of years, we knew they were coming, and nobody, and there was only certain companies who did anything. There was a lot of companies who would not do a thing until the very last minute. That is such punishment for your drivers. Yeah, like that's yeah. terrible. <laughs> don't don't dump it on them and make people try and figure it out for themselves. Come right. on. Yeah, you're just throwing somebody into into the uh, into the water without a life raft at that point. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that was another thing that you you asked me earlier about the things that surprised me. That was another thing. It was like, why? It's not, you know, get some ELDs like the year before they say they're going to come out. Like, start it, <laughs> please. <laughs> yeah, you gotta, you got. Well, I, yeah, I I will tell you, I this kind of kind of hit me sideways. I took a phone call um, just about a month ago from um, a pretty well respected. Um, organization uh, that that operates trucks, and um, the question was, "What are you doing um, with your ELD provider with the onset of uh, the the 3G sundown?" Oh yeah. And I'm I'm looking at the calendar and I'm thinking, "You're asking this question now, and you've got um, less than a month to figure it out." including replacing your 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 yep. current ELD carrier um, th- that'll make you panic a little bit but um, to that to your point yeah this is this is uh, it, it becomes a struggle then because now whatever might have happened there they're going to impose that on their drivers this new technology mm-hmm. or new way of doing things and it's going to be instant it's going to be rip the band-aid off and okay you you have to do this now And that's so unfair. I I just find that incredibly unfair. Like part of my job before I was in trucking was was training people on new technology. And people hate change like that. Mm -hmm. You can't, you know, that's how you get people to quit. I mean, that's such a recipe for if I wanted someone to quit working for my company, I would impose sudden change. I would make it very difficult to to succeed, and I would punish people for not doing the right thing. <laughs> and guess what? Everybody leaves. Yep. And yeah, that's a very effective uh, set of methods to get someone to run away. What would you say to someone who's interested in, in the industry or getting into trucking? What, what would be your advice to them? It would depend on what they wanted to do. Well, let's say a driver. Okay, so for a driver, I would, well, it would depend on if it was a man or a woman. Um, I actually, um, and actually, no, this doesn't matter if it's, it doesn't, gender doesn't really matter, but figure out the questions. Figure out the questions that you are, that you need to ask a future employer 
before that don't have anything to do with money. Like, think about what you need and what you're willing to give up and what you're not willing to give up. And find that out before you worry about my, a cents per mile and things like that. Because you people miss the things that they really care about. Like, how much do you really need to be home? Or what is what are the supports if like what happens if I get into a collision? Like what happens? How do I how am I supported? Or am I get just going to get into trouble? Uh, what kind of education programs do you have? Um, do will you explain to me explaining people's paychecks, things like that? If you have a complicated pay system and nobody's going to explain it to you, then um, I would steer clear of a company like that. I would also um, want to talk to people who are who are currently in the industry about what their days are like. One of the things that I think is really, really valuable is to, especially for entry-level people, is to, you know, basically just do a ride-along. Like, yeah. don't, even, don't even worry about driving the truck. Just be there for a while and see what it's like. Truth from drivers, that's so what much. you're talking about. Truth, truth from drivers. You get, you get a real um, honest depiction of a company, I think, after speaking to a few or if you're fortunate enough to be able to do a ride-along. I agree with that. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, we get so much really good information from drivers. Like, we, like as you know, you do the questionnaire, and then we get the drivers to – or you ask your drivers to do surveys. And, you know, you can see where – the com and it's not necessarily the the ratings; it's the comments. Like sometimes you see comments and you're like, "Ooh, something <laughs> going on there." What's the, what's the worst comment you've ever seen? I think it was a company, and I knew who the company was. Well, I know who the companies are because they're it's attached. But it was something about. Um, some sort of abuse that was happening at one of their terminals and and I we couldn't say anything to the the carrier until afterwards but it really it was it was there was a couple of comments and that really concerns me because if you're doing it on your best sleep survey then nobody else has listened to you yeah yeah. Like that is like your best sleep survey is not supposed to be the place where you, you know, make well, you can, but it's not I my hope is that it's already been taken care of by the company. Well you don't you shouldn't you wouldn't want any surprises to show up on that on that questionnaire. No, no. I don't think carriers want any surprises. No. Not and at all. usually usually it's it's very common comments about like the things that drivers don't like there's you know pay is is one of them um pay is is one of the things that people comment most negatively about and also most positively about sure it's really quite funny it's like it's it's in the the top two for both negative and positive um but it's also communication is is a huge one so if you have bad communication in the negative comments, it's the company doesn't communicate at all or terrible communication. Or on the positive side, you feel like family. So that that's the two sides of the coin. <laughs> and then it's kind of equipment and, you know, 
just more general, but pay and communication. Those are the big ones. All the time. Hmm. All the time. Well, I don't know if you're prepared to reveal any of this yet, but I'm going to ask the question. Um, So uh, every year there's always some differences, some changes that happen from from year to year on the Best Fleets program, some different focuses and things like that. Are you prepared or can you reveal anything that you're thinking about uh, for 2023 in the Best Fleets program? Oh, man. Well, we had such big changes this year because we introduced the Hall of Fame. um, Yeah, very cool, by the way. I like that a lot. Oh, excellent. I'm glad. Um, Basically, if you've been on the list for too many years, we're going to turf you into the Hall of Fame. (laughs) (laughs) You know what, though? I mean, mean, at at that point, um, really, if you've been if you've been on that list for 10 years running, that's just an amazing achievement. And they deserve that recognition. I I love the fact that I'm stacked against, you know, 10 other carriers in our size bracket. Um, and, and you really get a chance to measure up and see what, what those companies are built of the same way that they're looking at us. And uh, when you get to that stature of 10 years, I mean, that's that's an amazing feat. And I you, you can't say anything negative about those companies that, that achieve that. So I think it's really cool that you've, you've decided to, to put that in play and, and, and make a feature for those, those carriers that, that are exemplary. Uh, well, we were we have been talking about it for a long time about how we can you know there's these fleets who are just operating at a higher level than everybody who are those staples who are on the list every single year, and um, and so we didn't want they want to be in like everybody wants to be in it they don't like those fleets want to do this and they use it and I think Garner uses. Um, the best fleets data as a way to plan what you're doing for the next year, which we love. You know, you got it's funny because we just ask you questions. You all do with the, that information. Do you do whatever it is that you want to do? Uh, and it's literally we don't tell you anything. We just ask you, and that just you know, for fleets that do really really well, they're taking that self uh you know they're looking at themselves and then they're figuring out what they want to do and i love that um so we really were struggling with that so the hall of fame has it presented itself and it really worked out um it also allows other fleets who've been doing really well in the program to actually come into the top 20. we have had fleets who are like so close so many times, and now we have this totally different top 20, and we're really excited about it. Yeah, it's cool. It's very cool. Um, Jane, I can't thank you enough for your time today, uh, especially on the onset. You know, we're, we're, we're just a few weeks away from the from the big stage and the Best Fleets Awards that, that are going to happen mm-hmm. this year at the TCA convention in Las Vegas. And I'm um, always excited to see both you and Mark and, and looking forward to the experience. And uh, again, can't thank you enough for your time today. I, I want to allow one more thing for you in case you need to do it. Uh, this is the part where you just you can plug something shamelessly if you'd like. <laughs> oh, man. Can it be anything? Absolutely. Huh. Okay, here's my favorite TV show, and no one will like this, but I'm going to tell you anyway. I'm just going to shamelessly plug it. I'm not even shamelessly plugging my company. Okay, so I call this show The Vampires, but it's um, uh, what we do in the shadows. 
what and we it do is in the hilarious. Okay. What we do in the shadows. It's four vampires who are living on Staten Island. Okay. It's a comedy. Comedy news. Oh yeah, it's not. It's not. It, it's but it, it, it's one of the only shows that I can watch that I can watch reruns of. Like I can watch it over and over again, and I will still laugh. Like most of the time, comedies I don't. I won't watch more than once. But uh, this this one is hilarious. You can just so, find your way through. Well, anybody's I appreciate looking. that. Yeah. Everybody needs a binge watch. Everybody needs to binge watch something. So, <laughs> so that's and a, hey, a it's like it's the big question of the pandemic, right? What are you watching? <laughs> yeah, what are you watching? Exactly. What are you seeing? <laughs> <laughs> I like vampires. Well, Jane Jezrari, I really appreciate you taking the time today. Co-founder of Carrier's Edge up there in beautiful Ontario. Thanks again, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Thanks very much. All right, you've just uh, witnessed another edition of Beyond the Cab. Mm-hmm.